You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 49. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Welcome back to The Jill Monaco Show, where I'm continuing my series with women, speakers, and authors. And I've been on this theme for about six months because I've had so many amazing women that I've wanted you to hear from. They each have a unique voice and a message for you, so be sure to double back and catch ones that you may have missed. We have two more episodes coming out in this series, and then I'm wrapping it up. The rest of this year, we will have different themes. One will be with coaches who use different assessments to help you discover who God made you to be. And as a coach, I love using tools to help my clients get to where they want to go. But so much depends on how much they understand about who they are and getting rid of the lies about who they aren't. And the other series will be with friends who have a prophetic word for the body of Christ. So get ready for some powerful stories, testimonies, and encouragement. Well, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I always ask my guests to share what God is teaching them. The reason is because if God is moving in the kingdom, then I want you to know how so that you can also line up your work in life to where God is working. Today's guest has a powerful revelation about how to discern your calling. It was a last-minute interview, so we didn't really get to the prep at all, but it ended up being one of the best conversations. So have you ever wondered, what is my purpose in life, and how is that different than my calling? Well, we are going to cover that all today with my friend, Carla Pratico. She's a speaker and the founder of the She Roars Conference as well as the owner of the branding and marketing firm, Polis Digital. In her eight years of business, she has helped over 60 companies across the globe grow their revenue, increase their profits, and gain market share. She has also helped over 80 women start and grow their businesses through her She Roars Mastermind and private business coaching programs. She also serves the body of Christ as a New York City chaplain, a minister to the homeless of New York City, and by providing freedom counseling to help others find healing and their identity in Christ. Now, you know my love for anything freedom, and we're so like-minded in this way. So let's hear from Carla. Hey, Carla, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you for a little I know it. Thank you so much. Now, listeners, you don't know this, but I had a cancellation at the last minute and Carla last night said, (laughs) yes, I'll be on your podcast. I was like, God, who do you want on the show? And so I love these kind of opportunities because first of all, it means God's got, he's up to something, which is great. And second of all, I don't even know what he's up to because we've briefly talked about this conversation, but Mm -hmm. listeners, you need to know this is all completely organic. Yay. My favorite. (laughs) Absolutely. So I um, let's tell them about how we know each other. So I was on my road trip across country and I met you in New York, like really briefly, though. Yeah, I it's so long ago, Jill. I actually don't even remember that. I don't (laughs) even remember meeting you in person. I didn't leave a good impression. No, I think it was just so fast and it was so long ago. I mean, how long? Probably what? Seven, six years or something? At least, yeah, it was 2013. Yeah. So, So, yeah. And then I don't even remember how we reconnected, but as I started my ministry, you were so gracious to help me with different technical things that I Mm -hmm. needed with my website. Mm -hmm. There's been times I've been in emergency mode and I call (laughs) you and I'm like, help. And this is what I love about the body of Christ. Like we support each other's vision and what God is doing in someone that we don't even know very well. And that has just... You are, I just love you in my heart so oh, much. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to know you and get to see what you're up to and serve you, man. Jeez, I love it. It's so cool. Well, I, of course, I like it once people serve me too. It's <laughs> totally cool. <laughs> but, Super helpful, right? But that's not what I meant to make yeah, it sound yeah. like. No, no, no. Um, I, I just, I'm honored to to get to run with you. 
<laughs> Me too with you, girl. So there's so many things that you do that are kingdom minded. And I want everyone to know all these things about you. But I would really want is for people to get to know your heart. So and that's going to be easy today. So there's um, the first thing that I'm thinking about is that you have um, you've really stepped into business with a kingdom mindset yep. and really influencing um, that space yep. to, you know, some of us are in ministry full time, which yep. you do ministry. Yep. And some people are in business full time and you do both, but, (laughs) but you've really blended them. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing God do in the area and the mountain of business. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, you know, this story sort of starts way back when I got saved almost, um, you know, share it. Yeah. My background, good story. (laughs) My background, uh, was politics and I moved to New York to work with a, you know, fortune 100 leadership consultant. And um, it's kind of a miracle that I even got to work with her. But that's another story for another day. But um, I wasn't saved at the time when I moved to New York. And a couple months later, after working with this leader leadership consultant, uh, I had started sort of freelancing. And um, I was getting really lonely, because New York City, as many people as there are here can be the loneliest city in the world. And So a bunch of things happened and I end up getting saved in a bar on my 23rd birthday. Um, (laughs) I know. For all those that think you cannot meet Jesus in a bar. (laughs) You can, you can. He actually spoke to me and, and I, so I was actually basically drunk at the time. I was definitely drunk by the way. Um, and, and not, and not drunk in the spirit. No, not, not drunk in the spirit, my friends, the vodka soda kind of drunk. And, uh, so I end up hearing this voice as I'm talking to this guy, right. I'm, I'm probably trying to get him to take me home. And, um, that was my MO back then, but I hear this voice and it says to me, this is not your life. And as soon as I heard that voice say that, I knew it was true. It was like they basically could have turned all the lights on in the room is how, how I kind of felt. I just like woke up for the first time in, in my whole life, you know. And um, I thought, wow, that's true. What am I doing here? I got to get out of here. So I literally put my drink down, middle of middle of talking to this guy and just walked out the door. <laughs> Didn't even say bye to him. Just see ya. Never. Right. Um and I get in a cab and there's a man and a woman in the front seat of this car. And which if you've ever been in a New York City taxi, you know, that's pretty bizarre. Uh, usually it's just the driver. And so um, it turns out that it was a husband and wife and he was picking her up from work really late. And so they were technically off duty. But wouldn't you know it, they happened to live in my neighborhood. And so they were willing to take me home, uh, which mm. is very unlikely considering um, there are not many taxi drivers that actually live in Manhattan, just based on sort of how income works and all that stuff. And so right. um, I have an inkling that it might have been a couple of angels, but we'll we'll find out one day if that's true or not. But um, <laughs> so the woman in the front seat says something like, doesn't God know it? Like just, I just overheard this one sentence. It didn't mean anything to me except for that word God. As soon as I heard her say that word, I, it was like an explosion of what just happened. Those, those words I heard in the bar and that name, God, I figured out that's who that voice was. And so I stuck my head through the little taxi cab window (laughs) and I said, do you believe in God? Right. And they start ministering to me and start sharing the gospel with me. And um, it was wonderful. I, they spent 45 minutes, you know, just letting me repent in the backseat, sobbing, mascara running down my face. Um, And I just unloaded on them, you know, my, the stuff I was carrying, the sin I had been walking in, the stuff I didn't want anymore that I knew wasn't my life. And so they gave me scripture. I actually just found uh, the little book. I was reading a John Maxwell leadership book and um, Mm. I had drunkenly scribbled some scriptures that they had given me. I just found it the other day. It was really sweet to find. Uh, But so, so this is where my story begins, right? Of, okay, this God thing is real and I'm all in and I got to figure out what my life is. And so about a month later, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and started seeing miracles on the streets in New York City, you know, seeing legs grow out and knees not need surgery and things like that, that were just like blowing my own mind, right? Because I was reading the Bible and seeing Jesus say, like, go do this stuff. So I'm like, well, 
the Bible's real. I'm going to go figure it out. You know, I'm going to go make sure it's real. And so I tested it. I just started trying, trying to do the things Jesus was doing and being led by the spirit. And so about a month or two after I got saved, I was on the floor of my little East Village apartment and I'm crying out to the Lord, like, God, okay, what is my life? Like, what, what do you want me to do with my life? Like, I know that you love me. I know that, you know, I'm made for purpose. I'm made for a calling. I'm made for an assignment. Talk to me. Like, I need to hear your voice. And it was in that moment that he showed me all these different skill sets that I had and how they were, they were under this umbrella called Polis Digital, which is the business that I started. So, you know, even the birth of, of my company was very much aligned with, okay, God, you, this is your business. I'm just going to run it, but you're the CEO and I'm going to be your partner, (laughs) you know? So Mm -hmm. um, everything that, that I've done since, you know, day one has really been, you know, not so much what would Jesus do, but like, Jesus, what are you doing? I want to join what you're doing. And so, um, in joining ministry and business, I've, I've just seen some of the most incredible um, miracles in business. I've seen people, clients get set free of stuff. I've seen, um, you know, favor that I shouldn't have, <laughs> you know, I'm working yeah. with uh, fortune 100 or fortune 500 companies that are traded on NASDAQ. And I'm like, I'm just this little person who taught herself how to, <laughs> you know, build websites and brand and do all this stuff. And and I don't really, um, I don't really feel qualified, but God's qualified me and, and promoted me in certain places, which it's been, it's been an amazing journey. And uh, so that's been yeah. what it's been like to do ministry and business with God. Uh, so when I have gotten to know you better, I heard a little bit more of your story of how your business and your faith walk started to propel you and you really you were single at the time. And then you met this amazing man, Kalel. Can yes. you share that? Yes. Uh, so as I'm pursuing the Lord, right, my my the position of my heart was always, God, I want to run so hard after you that you have to tell me to turn and look to find who's running next to me. Like the person that I, that you want me to marry, the person you want me to do life with that I can champion and, and, and have the privilege of serving as a wife. And um, so literally one night I went to this ministry called Justice House of Prayer. They're now called Life Center, but it's one of my favorite places and ministries in the city. And I was going there Friday nights for their worship service. And I'm leaving the house and the Holy Spirit tells me to come back and curl my hair. And I'm like, okay, but I'm already late and I don't want to miss worship. Like I'm a little annoyed at this, right? So save that little note for later. Uh, so I go to uh, this worship service and at the end, I'm sitting on the floor at, in worship and they're ending and they're announced, they're making some announcements and stuff. And one of the leaders says, hey, you guys should go say hi to my brother Kalel he is visiting from New Jersey, you know, blah, blah. So they're talking and saying like, he's amazing, whatever. And as soon as I heard his name, I heard the Lord say to me, he's moving. And in my head, I'm like, okay, that's like a cool kind of cheesy cliche prophetic word. You know, is he moving physically? Is he moving like spiritually, (laughs) whatever. So I'm like, eh, it's not like a great prophetic word. I don't really want to give it to him because it's a little generic. And, um, And so then I start turning my head to see who this guy is. And I hear the Lord whisper in with you. So put the whole sentence together. (laughs) He's moving in with you. So you can imagine my jaw basically hitting the floor by the time I even see who this guy is. But I have to tell you, before I even saw his face, as soon as the Lord finished saying, finished saying he's moving in with you. And he whispered that last part. I was instantly in love with him. I mean, there was no Mm -hmm. going back. Like I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, this was going to be my husband and deal was done, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and so ironically I spent the next two months 
basically being non-existent to him. <laughs> and, <laughs> Was that your choice or his choice? His, his choice, hundred percent his choice. Uh, he showed, you know, that book like he's just not that into you. Like I probably yeah. should have read that and taken some hints. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't know about that ahead of time. Um, right. But that's really what it was like. There was really no indication that he was interested. There was no indication that he, you know, even cared, you know, and I'm trying to like invite him to, I had a worship night in my house. I had like an event, you know, in the city that I thought he might come to. Right. So I'm trying to get to know this guy. Cause I'm like, listen, if we're going to get married. Like we should probably get to know each other first. Right. <laughs> Cause and, you uh, know, every word the Lord gives is supposed to be for right now. <laughs> right. Come on. That's how I was like, let's get married yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I literally was like, having these amazing in these two months. Right. So I actually went home that night and wrote down, you know, God told me who I'm going to marry tonight. Cause I, I, it was so clear mm-hmm. that I wanted to be able to prove later that this right. really happened. And, yeah. um, and so over those two months, God really taught me what intercession was. I've never, and even still, I would say I'm not like really called to intercession. Like I pray for people, of course, I, I, I love praying for people, but there's a, there is a laboring in the spirit that is different than just sort of praying for people that, that I, I hadn't known up until that point. And so I was having this encounter with the Lord where, um, I was praying against like unhealthy soul ties, just kind of keeping myself you know, just mm-hmm. in case kind of situation. Like, I don't want to be dependent on this. I don't want, you know, right. I know he has a will and a choice in this. And exactly. so um, I just didn't want to be unhealth, unhealthy kind of tied to him. Right. And so I'm praying against unhealthy soul ties. And I see, I see, I get this vision of two soul ties sort of in the wind and I see them tie themselves together. And then I see Jesus grab, the knot of those two soul ties and pull it into himself. And then I see Hmm. these two soul ties like instantly filled with this white, like liquid love basically. And I see it going to each of us individually. And so this whole thing, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. And the Lord was like, you don't have to pray against unhealthy soul ties. Like you are divinely connected. And, Hmm. um, and so I'm after that, I start praying for him and I get to this point where I'm like, God, I love this guy so much. I'm going to explode or like yell at his face. I love you. The next time I see him, like I'm going to freak out. Like my cool is going to be totally out the window. Um, That might ruin it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. Like I'm going to freak him out um, because I knew he wasn't ready to receive love from me. And so, um, I'm having this time of intercession with the Lord because he showed me like you can love him in the spirit. Like you can actually go in the spirit and unload that stuff through that divine, healthy Jesus ordained soul tie. And that to me was the first time I'd ever experienced intercession where I literally had this burden of love for him that I could pour through him to him through the spirit. And wouldn't you know it within three days we were dating two days after that we were talking about getting married what yeah so tell me his side what was he thinking this whole time did he know that you liked him so he didn't know that i liked him and that was one of the things that i the lord was leading me to pray over him were things like god show him he's deserving of a of a wife of a wife that will love him like show him that he is valuable you know so there were things that god was even in the spirit, like breaking off of him with that intercession, with that time of intercession. And so he wasn't Mm -hmm. super aware of me because of past experiences with other women. Um, He was just sort of like, I'm cool being single. Like, I love Jesus. I'm good here. You know, kind of thing. He knew he like wanted to get married, but it wasn't, he wasn't tormented by it. Right. Right. And so part of it too was like, God, I want your best. You know, I don't want to be I don't want to like be interested in some girl just because I think she's cute or whatever. I want it to be a God ordained thing. And so, and that was what was such a blessing to me in having those two months of waiting 
uh, for him was even even my own heart was blessed by that because I wanted a man that heard from God too. You know, I didn't right. want to persuade him or have any sort of like you know, he liked my personality kind of thing. Like, yeah, of course I wanted to like my personality, but I also, <laughs> I wanted God's voice to be the deciding factor for both of us. And so even that two months of waiting really proved like, he's not going to be shaken just because he thinks I'm cute or whatever. Um, he's going to move when God speaks. And that's the type of person that I want to marry. And so that really blessed me because I had been cheated on a bunch in my past. And so having somebody that was not easily won over was just yeah. like a, a clear um, sign of his character to me. It was sure. like, okay, he can demonstrate faithfulness in every scenario, you know? Yeah. And so, so what was the yeah. light bulb for him? Um, so he was... He ended up coming to one of the events. Oh, and by the way, back to the hair curling thing. Um, oh, yeah. He, uh, I asked him later and he said, uh, the first thing I noticed about you was your, was your beautiful hair, your curled hair. So um, uh. there were just these little things that God did throughout our sort of that season of getting to know each other and stuff that were like little tiny little Holy Spirit led moments of confirmation and um, just mm -hmm. building connection with each other that were supernatural. So, um, on his end, the, the light bulb moment was, um, he ended up coming to a event in New York city and that I invited him to. And, um, that night I think was the first time I got his phone number. And so we were sort of starting to text and he found that unlike other women that he had gotten to know, was trying to get to know, he like was compelled and interested more than usual in my responses. Like they were genuine. Mm. They were, um, it was like, I wasn't trying too hard, but also just sort of like uh, engaging different. It, and it was different for him, you know? Yeah. So, which I think is such an interesting uh, thing, right? That that is what sort of made the difference for him. But within the next day or two, he tells this story about um, he feels like he got saved all over again in the sense that God was speaking to him in the same way that he was when he got saved. So he would like mm. hear songs in the gas station and it would like trigger this, you know, thing about me or um, he would. It, he also talks about how he felt like a closed part of his heart had like the door swung open and had air to breathe for the first time. Um, so it was like this part of his heart that was reserved just for me actually had like access now. And wow. so, yeah. And so um, the, then on that Sunday, so that intercession thing I, I mentioned before about, um, you know, us where I was just laboring in the spirit over him and pouring love out to him in the spirit that was a Thursday. And so Sunday he went to church and, and one of the women who's kind of a spiritual mom to him uh, came up to him after, after worship because Kalel was leading worship at this church for, for a while. And she said, Kalel, I couldn't even worship today because all I kept hearing from the Lord to tell you was it's okay. It's really okay. And that was the question that he had asked the Lord, like, Lord, is this girl okay? Like, is she, you know, hmm. is she okay for me? Is she okay for me to marry? And it's such a guy thing to say, right? Like, is she okay? Like, is she okay? Um, <laughs> but that was it. Like, he knew that was God's voice, right? Because that was the exact question that he had been asking. And, wow. Um, and so that was super clear. So we started dating basically that night after church, he texted me and, um, we set up our first date for, for the next Saturday. And then we were texting that whole week and Tuesday we were talking about getting married. So we hadn't even had a first date yet before we were talking about getting married. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like this story needs one of those um, disclaimers, you know, when like the weight loss thing, say uh -huh. this, the mm -hmm. results are not typical. Yes. Right. Um, Absolutely. How, however, can I just take that anointing and say, Lord, please let yeah. it just be that easy. Come on. Like, yes. you Absolutely. know, when the Lord's in it, like, I love the element. I mean, even though maybe not normal 
um, God was in it. He was speaking yeah. to both of you. That's it true. happened quickly and easily. Yeah. And I believe when God's on things, yeah. you know, sometimes it takes some time between the word yeah. and, and the fulfillment of it. Yeah. But there are certain elements that really show us, man, yeah. this is really God. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Well, that's and, really neat. And even, you know, going back to my salvation story, um, that night in the cab, I actually had an incredible revelation of God's purpose and intention for marriage. Like I saw this perfect picture of two people like that was one of the things that drew me to God is this idea of he can hold a relationship together. Like only mm. through him can, can, can a relationship really be what it's supposed to be. I just, in that cab that night I got saved. It was like, that was the promise of my salvation was like, this is part of your future with me. And so, um, because I had been cheated on. Right. And so right. he's, he's restoring, you know, about a decade of being cheated on. Um, okay. and, and actually I had two other boyfriends before I met Kalel that were Christian who both cheated on me and God gave me visions of both of them cheating on me. And I called them out and it was true. Um, and so I had that, I had that happen too. No way. And, but it yeah. was before I was saved though. Wow. Oh my and, gosh. and I, God was starting to speak to me and I yeah. knew he was speaking to me. Yeah. I grew up, you know, in the church, a little yeah. Catholic and I grew up with church influences. So I knew it was God. Yeah. And I knew wow. he was warning me about wow. things. Um, and, so and, and that was part of what convinced me, like, you know, what God's voice sounded like, yep. even as an, even now walking with God, because mm. I've been hearing him my whole life. Yep. Yeah. That's so good. Oh man. I love that. You know, my salvation story is pretty radical, but I love hearing people's stories who knew God longer than me. Like that's actually mm -hmm. the goal, right? Like my story's <laughs> not the goal. Um, I'm like the result of rebellion, which is not <laughs> ideal. Right. So I love hearing those. I like get yeah. a little holy jealousy, like, oh, you've gotten to know God's voice longer than me. That's amazing. You know? Oh, wow. Um, well, I think I, I knew his voice if I wasn't saved. So since yeah. being saved, man, it's so much more clear. Oh, and, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, when people say God will talk to you and convict you of sin before you're saved, you yeah. know, God did that, but yeah. he also told me how he loved me yeah. and he protected me. And he told me weird, random things. I remember <laughs> I was waiting for some movers to drop off a piece of furniture. Yeah. And I lived in the back of a cul-de-sac and I'm just sitting there late and I'm waiting for them. It's like nine at night now. And in my spirit, I heard they're looking for your house and they can't find it. Go outside. Wow. That so is I so random. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I go outside and there they are, and they I wave at them, and they walk down, and they go, oh, we just couldn't find you. Wow. And so they go back to the truck. Yeah. I walk in my garage, and literally out loud, I say, God, why do I know? Why are you telling me all these little random yeah. things that don't matter? Yeah. And like I'd had a couple <laughs> random things recently. Like I'd gone to Vegas, and he told me what slots to play. I mean, crazy wow, stuff, you know? I love that. And Amen. so I'm in the garage, and he's just using whatever I'm in in order to get my attention. Yeah. Not that I was a gambler, but you know, sure. I was just playing with my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And so when I said, why are you telling me all these random things? He said, so you'll know my voice in the big things. I love it. Yes. Come on. And here's someone I'm about, oh, I don't know, a year away from knowing the Lord at this wow. point. Wow. Wow. And wow. And so I it's just huge. was paying attention. He was wooing me. Yep. yep. And I yep. knew it was his voice. Yep. Yep. So. That's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's I when I first got saved, one of the things that I would do to learn his voice were like really silly things, to be honest with you. But I I just mm -hmm. like felt the Lord on him. I would go grocery shopping with Holy Spirit. Like, okay, Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, what brand of peanut butter do you want me to buy? Uh just like low risk sort of things yes. to sort of get that that you know, in intuition's mm -hmm. not the right word, but like that impression of like, okay, this one, I feel something, this one, I don't, you know, what is that right. thing I'm feeling? Um, and then I would do things like, okay, Holy Spirit, which side of the street do you want me to walk on? And, and that man, that ended up being one of the coolest things that I do with the Lord, because the stuff I find at the other end of what side of the street you want me to walk on are like crazy miracles, like hmm. truly people that God is like, yep, I am ready to heal them. Like we're going to heal them together right now. Um, so that's one of those things where, man, I love getting in tune with his voice and being open to like be inconvenienced by, by that right. voice too. So, so good. Well, you know, um, I, 
when I went to New York and that's where I met you, I was yeah. on that journey across country. And yeah. that's what I did for a whole day is I went around New York City and I said, God, where do you want me to go? Yeah. Who do you want me to talk to? I remember praying for a Jewish man on the corner, yeah. the street corner of Manhattan, because yeah. wow. God said to he was walking with a limp. And yeah. I told him, can I pray for you? And he said, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, I prayed in Jesus name. Like yeah. he had, he, you know, his outward appearance was Jewish. Yeah. Um, But that was just some of my most fond memories yeah. of walking with God in yeah. general, in my life, but yep. in walking New York City. Yep. Um, and one yeah. of the things I've put in the last chapter of my book, The Freedom Coach Model, um, it's called Friendship Questions. And there's 60 questions for you to ask God that are very, so like what you said, low risk. Like they're just, they're not life or death. It's not about ministry. It's about yep. his heart. Yep. It's about what do you like about me? Yeah. What do you, you know, what's your favorite color? I mean, just things yeah. to cultivate that conversation. Yep. Because we do that with other people, but we aren't taught how to do that with God. So true. It's so good, right? It's like the simple relationship. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then when it does come to a big thing, yep. like this marriage thing, like yeah. you had, yeah. then you both know when it's God. Yeah. And uh, that's so, so cool. Yep. So you and Kalel now are doing some itinerant ministry together. Yep. Can you share more about that? Yeah. I mean, gosh, we've just sort of um, accidentally jumped into this. We've had, you know, just been invited to to travel and go to different churches. And um, I'm headed to Texas in a couple months. And um, so, yeah, just sort of seeing where the Lord is leading with that. And uh, we've been hosting some conferences in New York City, which have been incredible. Just, uh, you know, we've been gathering friends to sort of, uh, you know, share their stories. And one conference that I do in December is called the She Roars Conference. And that's all about uh, equipping women for you know, pursuing the father's business. Like we want to get people all about the father's business and whether that's actual business or, you know, building a ministry or whatever, the principles are the same when it comes to building something and creating something that has sustainability and, you know, all of the finance stuff makes mm -hmm. sense and, and all that. So that's something that I love to do in December because it sort of gets people ready for the new year um, yeah, to launch. And, yeah. So, and like just the city is gorgeous in December. So, oh, no joke. That's yeah. when I was there, like yeah. November, December. Oh, it's a perfect time. Perfect time to be and then, here. Yep. And then out of that, you do masterminds. Then yep. you start new ones um, every quarter. Yep. Yeah. So I help women. It's more of like a group coach coaching training opportunity where we do, you know, a couple calls a week and there's a, an amazing workbook that I've put my blood, sweat and tears into. And uh, yeah, it's really to equip women to build something amazing. Most, mostly businesses, but it, it is, um, you know, useful for a nonprofit or a ministry of any kind. So, um, yeah, so that's one of the things that I really, really love helping women do is just get in their lane, you know, leave behind the striving and trying to do the stuff that they were never, you know, God never called them or assigned them to do. And um, that maybe they're, they're feeling stuck doing because they need the money or whatever it is. So that's one of the things that I love seeing women just like break free of what the world's told them they should do and run after what God is, is saying for them to do. So. Well, one of the words you used was assignment. And yeah. I know, you know, you, you have this really great revelation that God's been showing you about <laughs> calling yeah. purpose an yep. assignment yeah. and how they're different. Yeah. So can you unpack that for us? Totally. Man, this is one of the most critical things that I have found. You know, I've been doing ministry basically since I got saved. It just sort of happened that way, but I've been <laughs> counseling people. And um, through all of the interactions that I've had with people, I find the biggest problem is people are searching for their assignment before they know their purpose. And so I'll, I'll just explain what the difference is and what I, I've found in the scriptures to be the case is, yeah. you know, when we think about purpose, right? So many people wake up and they're like, oh, what's my purpose? You know, why am I here? Why did God make me? Right. Well, the answer to that is very, very simple, but extremely important and profound. But it is you are you are purposed by God to be loved. That was his first intention for every single person on this planet was God created them because he wanted someone to love. 
And so we get to participate, right? So if you go back, let's pretend for a second that we can go back in before time to when the Trinity was considering this new idea of let's let's create something that looks like us, right? And and so I always sort of jokingly imagine this situation being like, oh man, I love you so much, Holy Spirit. Oh Jesus, mm-hmm. I love you so much. And so they're just exchanging love with each other, right? They're in relationship perfectly with themselves and they're just lavishing each other. And then they have this moment of, um, gosh, this thing is so good. We almost like it's wrong to keep it to ourselves. Like we need to create mm. something to give this to and to get to experience how good this is, right? Like that's what you, when you think about a husband and wife that want to have a child, right? They do it because they love each other and they want to share what they have with something else that looks like them. And so this is that same kind of relationship, but it's with God. And so, you know, Jesus obviously made the way for us to stand in the middle of that love relationship and receive from the Father and from Holy Spirit, the same love that Jesus would get, right? So we are loved exactly the way Jesus is loved. And that's the place that God made purpose for us. It's like God God only created things that brought him pleasure, right? Scripture says right. that. And so when he created us, it was like, I want something to like love and it gives me pleasure to to be who I am to this thing. So that is our purpose. And, and I have found if you, if you don't sort out in, in every cell of your being, in the deepest place of your soul, this, this deep encounter with the love of God, then, then nothing else will really work, work properly. Everything else becomes an idol or it becomes, you know, striving or trying to get God to do something right. But if we can get our purpose so clear that I am loved, I am loved, even on my worst day, I am loved. Mm -hmm. Then that's when, and even in scripture, whenever, um, you know, Paul talks about how high and deep and wide the love of God is, right, which I think is so fascinating, because we know there's no height, depth, or width to God's (laughs) love. So why does he describe it that way? Because he's trying to explain to this three-dimensional person who understands like texture and length and all that. He's trying to explain that the love of God is an experience. It's not just a mental exercise, right? It's not, he actually says this love goes past your understanding. It's not a, it's Mm -hmm. not a mental cognitive thing. It's actually a experience um, that that hits all the way down to your soul. And so um, that's one of the things that I help people walk into is encounters with God so they can know their purpose without a shadow of a doubt. So that when God calls them, which I call a calling, is everything Jesus basically talks about what it looks like to be a Christian, right? Raise, okay. raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, uh, preach the gospel, you know, go to all the nations and make disciples, all that kind of stuff that every Christian is equipped and, and called to do, build the kingdom. And so um, that calling, even walking in your calling, that doesn't have uh, really like a skill set or a location. Like I can go and be a barista at Starbucks and do be in my calling 100%. I may not be mm-hmm. walking in my perfect assignment, which I'll talk about in a second, but I am I am able to live my calling every single day, regardless of where I am, who I'm with, and what I'm doing, right? Yeah, so, so the calling sort of sits on top of purpose, right? Wherever I go, I am called to be like Jesus, right? Right. And the so, first place we're called is where we're at right now. Yeah. That's right. When we when we're discontent where we're at because we think we're called to someplace else. Yeah. You won't go to that someplace else until you embrace where you're right. called right cuz cuz everything yeah. God has for you right now is yeah. right where you're at. That's right. So, yes, and so then we get to assignment, which is what I describe as sort of the location, your skill sets, the desires of your heart, the things that, you know, make you come alive and you can feel 
all of heaven kind of cheering you on in this specific, like you're seeing specific fruit that's, you know, unique to you. Um, Uh Like somebody else could try to do the same thing and it just doesn't work the same because this is a specific assignment to you. It's also the people group that your heart breaks for, right? So not everybody is assigned the same thing, right? And so when it comes to that, that's one of the people are always looking for their assignment, right? But they think they're looking for their purpose. Um, mm. But really, they're they're asking God for their assignment. But if they don't have their purpose first, and they haven't learned to walk out their calling, then assignment will crush you. Assignment will cause yep. it will cause so much discontent. It will not be fulfilling the way that God has designed it to be fulfilling. And so, you know, I just was I just read a study the other day about. Um, happiness and they say that you know we believe in joy right happiness is is fleeting but let's right. just go with me on this one for a second okay. they say that happiness only 10% of your life's like happiness level or you know if you if you can measure that they actually have studies where they measure this um only 10% of that is impacted by your job situation, your current circumstances, whether or not bad things have happened to you recently, only 10%. So there's actually 90% of other things that are impacting whether or not you're happy. Isn't that fascinating? So we all know that's true, right? Because we know joy is an inside job and you bring joy wherever you go. Doesn't actually matter if you're in the perfect job or if you're, if you have the perfect boss, it actually matters what's already the work that's already done in you. And so um, I just thought that was so fascinating because science is proving what the gospel already says is true, you know. And so um, so those are the three things. Purpose is the foundation of of every believer. You have to have to have to like I I jokingly say, like, I'm the most selfish Christian I've ever met because (laughs) I am incredibly selfish when it comes to receiving God's love. Like I will not move and do something unless I know it's motivated by love because otherwise it's either striving or it's trying to please somebody. I'm not, I'm not supposed to worry about pleasing or I'm, you know, trying to earn something I can't earn. Um, And so I always, I I basically every day ask the Lord, you know, show me how high and deep and wide your love is for me today. Cause yesterday isn't enough. I'm going to need more for today (laughs) if we're going to go somewhere new, you know? And so, um, that's where I start with everything because I know that, you know, if I'm not compelled by love, then I'm going to try and go do my calling to earn some notches on my spiritual belt or like some medals right. on my crown or something that, you know, is is irrelevant because God's going to say, but but what about our relationship? Like, I wanted to know you this whole time. And, yeah. um, and he'll bring us back to that. Totally. So that we don't hurt ourselves or hurt others. Totally. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So it just keeps things clean, I think. It keeps people free. I think I've found that it sets people free from depression and anxiety. When you can when you can sort out in your heart that truly through and through, you know you're loved. Um, you know, demonic attacks don't really like stick as long and you know, things that kind of could take you out just don't anymore. They just don't. Yeah. So well. It's interesting. I just had a sign made in my office. I went to Etsy and ordered. I was looking for metal workers or something yeah. where they can cut out a word for you. Yeah. But I really wanted something that said love is the key. Yeah. And um, it's something that God had said to me when I was watching actually Todd White minister Come to on. people. Yeah. And it was early on for him. So yeah. he would preach for two hours and then be in the crowd for yeah. literally another two hours praying for people. Yeah. And um, I was asking the Lord, like, how does he do that? Yeah, yeah. And the Lord said, love is the key. Yeah, And I was like, so well, teach me that. Yeah. Because I had been coming out of a season of extreme burnout in ministry. Yeah. yeah. And and I yeah. wanted to know how to sustain and right. love people well. Like, I wanted to. I just didn't have yeah. it. Right. Um, and I was in a season where I had, you know, wasn't working. It was before I started my own ministry. So I was in this kind of really uncomfortable place. Yeah. Yeah, transition. Yeah. Um, And as a single person, like no income, like so uncomfortable in so many ways. Like all I had was time with God, which was great. I always say unemployment is the best thing that ever happened to me twice (laughs) Um, because I I got so soaked in God because I didn't have anything else. Yeah. 
But um, so, and now I realize that love is the key to freedom. And yeah. in a in an earlier podcast, um, I and I was talking to someone on episode forty seven about how when love comes to you and it's cultivated in you and it's communicated through you, yeah, that is freedom. Come on, because that's like you're totally able to take the heart of God and yeah. give it away to people. Yeah, and and you didn't do it for you. Um, yeah. Because if there's no self-motivation, you're like, you just catch the wind. Yeah. Like you catch the extra of what God is pouring out on someone else because you just happen to be a part of yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So, but you're right. If we're looking at our calling or an assignment to help us feel significant, yep. um, it will crush us. Yep. Even though feeling significant is a normal yeah. Um, human need. Yeah. But if it's what's driving your life, right. it will crush you because when you don't get it, you have nothing left. Yep. That's right. So, yep. yeah. But love is like, I love talking about love. I know, <laughs> right? Like the foundation. I of, feel like a broken record, but I can't help it. I know it. It's like, sorry, not well, sorry. You, it doesn't get old to me. <laughs> I hope it doesn't get right. old to other people. But. Well, you know, I was talking to a mentor and I said he was really helping me. Um, I was trying to really get clarity of my own um, calling and assignment. Yeah, and um, using your language. Yeah, and we were talking, and I and eventually I said to him, I feel like the foundation of my ministry is love, but I have to be honest. Like, yeah, people look at love and go, oh, okay, another message on love. Yeah. Love God, yeah. love yourself, love others. Like, yeah. love others as yourself. Like, it's almost like people brush it off. Like, yeah. I feel like other people have ministries that are for sex trafficking or, sure. you know, helping single moms or widows yeah. or like there's something overcoming yeah. grief or depression. And I'm like, right. mine's love. Like right. it felt so unimportant. Right. And I'm, I know that's messed up, which is why I was talking to my yeah. mentor about it. <laughs> like, um, but he said, Jill, how did you, like you say on your podcast, love well, you were made for it. Why do you say that? Yeah. Why is your ministry say love? Like, what? why is that the foundation? And um, and how did you learn that? And I said, well, I've been hurt a lot. Yeah. So I've I've learned to love because that's what God showed me. Yeah. Like, to heal myself and to be like him, yeah. overcome betrayal and all that stuff. I just yeah. learned to love. Yeah. And, um, and he said to me, you know, that's kind of what Corey Ten Boom says. Yeah. And that... You know, when you really boil it down, if we could just love each other well, yeah. but you can't love each other if you don't love yourself. Yep. And the reason we don't love ourselves is because we don't know what your your language, the purpose, and how much we are loved. Yep. So yep. it may sound oversimplistic in a Christian saturated world that talks yeah. about love, yeah. but it is the most powerful yeah. thing we have on the planet. That's right. Um, is to be an expression of God's love. That's, That's right. what sets people free. That's, That's right. what sets the drug addict free who feels judged. Yep. That's what sets the pregnant single mom free when she feels judged. Yeah. Um, it's like literally there's no situation that I can't think of that love really I isn't know. the key. I that know. doesn't heal. I'm with you. Right? Yes. We're preaching to each other. The choir. I know. It's so true. <laughs> Our choirs are singing. <laughs> I see. I know. It's so true. Like even when I have counseling sessions and stuff, I literally like, I don't know how to do it any different other than, okay, you'd need an encounter with love. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, well, this isn't complicated. I'm so sorry, but let's just get you an encounter with love. How about that? <laughs> so, yeah. but it's true. It sets people free. That's it. It's the answer. Yeah. It's always the answer. And one of the things I love about how God has really shaped my coaching practice and freedom coaching is that when people get stuck, I'm like, all right, well, let's pray. And let's, and I don't pray like, okay, help God help them feel better. Yeah. Like, all right, I, I am like, he asked God this question yeah. and it usually they'll be like, that's not what we're talking about. That's all right. We'll get there. Yeah. I want yeah. them to encounter God's love because totally. once they let their defenses down yep. and they rest in him, yep. then the answer tends to pop up and they're totally. like, oh, yes. Isn't so it crazy so fun. how stuff is so not connected and then it is all of a sudden yeah. like <laughs> yeah. that totally, I do, you know. We, we sort of do similar things for people, serving people yeah. in, in freedom sessions and, and freedom counseling. But, man, yeah. it blows my mind. Some of the I feel like a little fly on the wall. Like I'm blessed totally. to be in the room with this encounter right now. <laughs> like I just got your your revelation. I just got for free. This is awesome. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I love, love that. it. I love it. So it's good. totally true. Yeah. 
Well, I just looked at the clock and we've been talking for so long because we're both passionate about this subject and it's so easy to just listen to what God's doing. Thank you for sharing some of your stories of how you've heard God and encountered him. I know that's going to be a blessing to people. Um, As we wrap up, what's the, how can they find you on your website and social media? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, just Carla Pratico and I'm on Facebook, Carla Pratico. And, you know, I've got my different business coaching programs that I do. You can find me at carlapratico.com. Um, and also she roars, roars like a lion. Uh, uh, (laughs) if you are looking for, um, help with business, starting a business or growing a business. That's definitely something I love to help people in. And so, yeah, they can find me on sheroarsmastermind.com or sheroarsconference if you want to join in December. So, yeah. Lots of places. Well, I'm sure that if you're driving and listening to this, you didn't get a chance to write it down. So I will include all of the links where you can find her in the show notes on my website at jillmonaco.com. So you'll be able to find that. Carla, thank you so much for today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. So good to catch up with you. And before we close, I want to tell you about something new that we're adding to the ministry. I am so excited to share it with you. It's called The Kingdom Community. The Kingdom Community was created because we love authentic relationship and we wanted to create a hub where you could get everything our ministry offers in one place and connect with other believers. It is a perfect combination of social media, teaching, courses, and so much more. So here are a few of the member exclusives. You will get webinars with special guests and thought leaders. You'll have access to exclusive articles and podcasts with me and different mentors. You'll also have access to the courses that I offer to help you grow your faith or personal development. And you're going to have peer groups or topics for your specific interests that you can comment on. We also have specific groups for like singles or coaches. So those are completely different than topics. This platform is an all-in-one, all the best of social media and all the best of resources. Beyond that, you also can create your own meetups because you can see who in the community lives near you, which is so fun. So why is this your community? Well, I want you to imagine the best of Facebook threads, groups, private messaging, plus all of the course content that you take in one place. So the Kingdom Community is a place you can get all of our resources in one convenient place. And it's only about 19 cents a day, truly just $5.99 a month. And that is only so I can pay the fee that it takes to run it. The more content we add and the more you post, the more megabytes we use. So I hope that little $5.99 a month doesn't throw you, but I would love for you to be a part of the Kingdom community. We've been in beta for a few weeks and people are loving it. So go to community.jillmonaco.com to find it. I'll leave that link in the show notes as well. Again, it's community.jillmonaco.com. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there's a couple things I would love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to the show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed and it'll be ready whenever you are. And second, if the ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help me continue to reach others with great messages like this one from Carla, please leave a review or you can click the link in the description and you can give to support the show now. So appreciate that. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You can find out more about Carla when you go to jillmonaco.com and visit the podcast page or go to jillmonaco.com slash episode 49. And in the show notes, you'll find all the links that I mentioned today. So thanks so much for tuning in today, my friends. Carla and I send so much love out to you. And we want you to remember, love well. You were made for it.